You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the uh, 15th of March, 2018, and uh, Dave, that... I was gonna start the show by talking about you know the the death of Stephen Hawking and what that means to you know science and the the, the the geek community in general, but his death has obviously knocked us into an alternative universe. That was was that, are we being sponsored by Macy's? Did I hear that right? <laughs> I you know what I was looking up other stuff, so I I probably totally missed it, but that'd be kind of awesome and weird. Alternate universe, just incredible. I mean, it was, I, I, I didn't know it to be. Tr- I, I didn't believe it was possible to be true. But you know, even in death, Hawking's proves everything. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, we have an awesome show lined up. We better jump right in because. Uh, yeah, we have a. It's it's actually, we have a lot to do this show, and we have Cindy Crumb coming on after first break. Uh, that the amazing and wonderful Cindy Crumb. Um, Okay, so lots of stuff to get through. Um, start with the... There's so much that's like actually breaking news this week. It's hard to know where to start. Here's the huge one. Uh, in a proposed rule, which is going to be made public like in April, the European Union, the, its parliament is expected to require large web entities like Google or Facebook to reveal ranking factors and let businesses know if and why a penalty would have been applied. <laughs> so like... The EU is telling Google to reveal the algo, basically. Yeah, and here's you know what I love that across the board, and I I, I mean that sort of tongue in cheek, but I, like I, I just I find it an absolutely ridiculous notion. Um, first off, because you know no, right? Like <laughs> just just no. Um, you know, I mean, yes, I'd love to know uh, the ranking factors in a great big list too. Who wouldn't in our industry? But you know, yeah, I get that that's not going to happen, nor should it. Um, but the, the the really ridiculous part about this to me is um, not just they can't do that because that's really the competitive 
edge. That's what their search engine is built on, and and that's that. Um, I but, but outside of that, we have hundreds or tens of thousands. I was going to say hundreds, but that'd be an exaggeration. You know, uh, tens of thousands of employees, many of which are dedicated to building an algorithm that Sergey Brin and Larry Page couldn't even write down at this point or even comprehend themselves the full scope of everything. So good luck getting a complete list. And let's add to that, we've got machine learning making crap up on the fly. Yeah, right? like, geez, so, like, Google doesn't even know what's an algorithm anymore. Well, that's it. So it just becomes ridiculous. They, there, there was a really, really interesting thing that sort of reinforces this point. Um, earlier in the week, they were talking about neural networks, um, and Google had just published a, a recent study on image recognition and how these, these neural nets can actually create, and it, it's really impressive, some quite beautiful pieces of unique art that have no basis in anything and how they recognize different images and how they treat it in layers and, and that sort of thing. I mean, this goes so far beyond the scope of anything that a human being would sit down at, they're having to build algorithms just to sit inside this neural network and kind of half figure out what it's doing. So good luck, right? I mean, it just doesn't practically make sense, but you know, even once upon a time, we were, you and I remember, and, and many of our listeners probably do too, they've tried to pull this stunt before. Um, you know, and, and back then, it, it was actually crafted by engineers. We weren't in the machine learning world yet. And even then, it, it just practically doesn't work. Google's not going to go, yeah, sure, here's a list of all of our ranking factors. No, sure, hand it to Bing. That'd be awesome, right? Like, or, or hand it to, you know, some, some newbie, you know, hand it to DuckDuckGo, hand it to somebody who hasn't built an engine yet and wants to, right? I mean, it just doesn't practically or, or functionally work. So uh, it, it, I, I, I don't see wrong? this point. Hmm? Is it wrong? Is it wrong for a small part of me to want them to hand over like a uh, a napkin or something with seventy five things written on it? <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. I mean, if they ended up forcing it, if it, like, and all I can see happening is if you know the the EU manages to force this issue and go fine, well, you can't operate here unless you do. One of two things are, are the only two products byproducts of that is Google will either pull out and I view that as the less likely but I don't see yeah. them actually complying with that or going fine we're coming up with a different algorithm anybody got our 2004 version right and then just give well, them the worst search experience well yeah it, and functionally Google can't actually pull out of Europe because by nature dot com is universal so it mightn't be google.fr it mightn't be uh, google.co.uk or I'm, or I'm sorry <laughs> The UK won't be part of Europe anyway. It, it mightn't be uh, Google.gr, but it's still Google.com. Um, and you, unless Europe is going to shut down large parts of the web, you can't really stop your citizens from going to it. No. Okay, we got so much more uh, that we, we, we want to pack in before we get Cindy on. Um, Google removing uh, search results from some types of search. I think this is much to do about nothing myself, but date and time, sports scores, um, unit and measurement conversions, and in some cases, aircraft flight information. Uh, Google is now removing search results. They have a little button you can push if you want to see search results, but it just gives you the answer up front. They are, and one of the things that's really driving me nuts, I mean, I've only noticed this over the last few days, but I'm noticing it for a lot of queries. Now, you and I don't search normal queries, and a lot of our listeners probably don't. So I sit down, and I have four or five word um, sort of queries where, 
you know, you're thinking about what words are on this page, not necessarily, <laughs> you know, what am I looking for specifically? Um, what words would be on a, on a page? Anyway, um, I am noticing more and more um, limited search results. And quite honestly, it's starting to tick me off and not serve me as a searcher. Like, I don't even mean me as an SEO. It's ticking me off. Um, where I'm running queries that I want some selection. I want to just be able to scroll to 10. And it's giving me sometimes just one or two search results on a page. Oftentimes, in the absence of paid ads, like they're not even trying to jam paid ads at me. It's just they're only showing me two results. And I'm like... Yeah, well, neither of those are it. And then page two, page three, page four, two results each. It's actually, I'm, I'm finding it quite irritating. Um, I noticed it probably about four or five days ago that I was starting to see just four um, results. But now I'm starting to see even less than that in, uh, in a lot of queries that I'm running for mobile. And it's, it's just driving me nuts because it's actually being a huge disservice to me as, as a user because I'm not finding what I want on the first four pages of search results. Well, in, in, in this case, and spe specifically, Google isn't even giving any any uh, Blu-ray anything no at all results whatsoever. Um, ask date and time. Well, ask date and time in say San Francisco, or for you, I guess, uh, date and time in New York, and it'll give you uh, Eastern Time Zone date and time. Right, but and that's it's it. not going to give you any. Uh, there are there are thousands, maybe hundreds of web pages out there that are making money off of like Google advertising, certainly. But they're all about time in different places in the world, um, much like <laughs> those uh, sites that had all those uh, telephone. You know, remember, remember the websites that just were basically copies of the uh, telephone directories. Yeah, yeah. And they made money when it, when when hundreds or thousands of people clicked on them and their their ad showed. Yep. Sites like that are going to get hurt by this. Um, so it's hard for me to get really excited. But then you see where Google wants to take this, and you think of um, you know Google having like flight information and knocking Obix out of out of uh, out of business. Not that they have, but they very well could. Well, indeed, and I I, I do genuinely believe it is is well. There's a bunch of reasons that they'd be doing this, um, but one of them I believe is if we can condition us to simply be seeking an answer to our our basic queries and I'm, I'm suckered in here actually I gotta just turn or mute the microphone on this thing um, <laughs> you know, uh, but I'm getting used to using voice search I can only guess that this is one of those um, things that is also building itself either to promote us using voice search um, you know or, or promoting us and this matches a patent that I was I was reading um, earlier in 2017 of sort of just treating them as a, as a guide as opposed to using our own brain for selection, doing a more Q&A all the way through and understanding us and, 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 and us just starting to rely and, and treating it right now on the most basic things, weather, you know, time, um, but to sort of draw us into this experience where we go there just for an answer and trust them just for an answer. I, I, I have a hunch there is a, a mentality they're trying to sort of craft into us with this because it doesn't really make sense. Otherwise, it wasn't inconvenient to have links below it. If I just wanted the answer, I'd look, right? So there's, there's got to be a mentality they're trying to twist out of us or, 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 or sort of focus us into and, and craft us into to, um, you know, for the next stage in, in the evolution, either moving us all to voice search um, or just treating us a little more like lemmings um, that, are, um, that are just meant to be, to be guided through. Could be both, of course. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> certainly possible it's both. And I really want to talk more about that, but there's even more stuff we need to pack into the next four minutes. I know. On the line. Okay, um, did you go all crazy, like, I, I know I'm not supposed to say it this way, but, like, Scroogle. Um, did you go all crazy, like, amplifying your clients' websites or web, web, web documents, uh, you know, amping, amping stuff for publishers? You know, I don't have a lot of publisher clients. I did do the, the base camp, but I'm working mostly with, you know, I, there's one publisher client that I've, that I've had during that phase, and yes, did. Um, and, you know, things like blogs, yes, I, I will and stuff, but I, I don't really view it as a high priority just because of the types of clients I have. Okay, well, see, I did, because I, like, I, I had a number of clients, and uh, one of my larger clients, um, we guided them through the, through the process of, of creating like, AMP pages, and um, it was, you know, it's not hard, actually, but it was held at the very beginning, just trying to wrap your head around so many new things, mm -hmm. and more importantly, trying to wrap a client's head around so many new things, explaining why this was important, and um, you know, why they needed to get themselves into certain areas and search results that were, you know, pretty much reserved for fast-loading content, uh, the, the top top story carousel, for instance. Um, okay, so this is a, so AMP I, mean, I, th I think uh, when AMP was introduced, I think everybody understood it was a step along the path to something else. Mm -hmm. Well, that that step has been taken, and um, uh, Google announced. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I'm oh, sorry, Google announced this last week, last Friday, um, that it was creating a series of open web standards that you can apply to, 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 to documents to make them fast-loading um, fast-loading enough or to have characteristics that Google would see and include them in areas um, that, again, are seem currently reserved uh, for, 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 for AMP content. Mm -hmm. So, if you invested all that energy and all that learning and all <laughs> that like, you know, amplification, um, Google announced that that mightn't have been so well you know it it was important again as a step along the way um there's a host of things uh complaints publishers have about uh creative look ad content um like crap loads of lost revenue that i think google might have to answer for but they're not going to right no <laughs> no, I mean they're notorious for this. You you've seen it. I've seen it. You know, with the with the author tags and this and that, putting things in, using the like early entry people as as their guinea pigs and figuring out how things work and where it breaks, and then deploying a different solution or pulling out the requirement altogether. Now that they understand how the web works and and learned a little more about it, so yeah. um, it's kind of frustrating, I think, for early adopters, which. You know, you clearly are. I would have been if it was more in, in, in line with what I needed. I certainly would have been on board with it and, and pushing it. So, well, you wouldn't have had a choice because your clients, your clients need that revenue. And if yeah. they're locked out of that space, then some somebody else is getting that revenue. And even if you know it's going to change over time, how much time does your client have? You know, yeah, you got yeah, to get well, them like, in there now. Exactly, and so and so we follow. It's the second time we are lemmings. <laughs> okay. We got uh okay, here's uh do we want to do Google Auto No Follow, uh Broadcore Algo Update or uh something really quick on chatbots. We can choose we can have one but we can't have all three. Uh we should probably mention that there was an update, I suppose. 
<laughs> okay. So the Broadcore uh, Algo update was confirmed by Google. Um, okay, here's the funny thing. It didn't really check on anything, and there's nothing you can do about it. So Google says. Um, I don't think there's been a lot of testing that's gone into uh, seeing who was and wasn't affected. I haven't read um, anybody's uh, uh, synopsis of this the, the, the Broadcore Algo update. What I've read is people's outrage over Google saying, well, nothing to see here. There's no way you can optimize for this because um, raisins or, or whatever. Right. Um, there's a, there's a, for, our, for our listeners who might not understand, I know you, I do, and, and many of our listeners probably do, but if you don't understand what a broad core update is, um, if you head over to Search Engine Journal, Roger Monty um, wrote a great piece. It's right up in their top. You know, they you know they have the big you know sort of hero slider with three options on the right. It's one of those as of as of the time of this recording. Um, and just give it a read. It gives a, a good solid understanding of what a broad core update is, um, why it would or wouldn't impact you, and what you. Well, I was going to say what you can do about it. No, what you can't do about it. <laughs> like functionally, you know, it's it's a it's a broad core update, right? Like it's it's just sort of it is what it is, and it's as you pointed out, it's not there to attack anything. It's people who lose, as as Google has come out saying, even if you lost, it's not that they hate you. <laughs> and it could very okay, but this, this is what hmm? this drives me crazy because it's got to be something. You can't tell me it's nothing. I mean, what what was it? Site A did better than Site B. Then, like you know, what was it with Site B? Because it's got to be something. I, I know everything I've heard from them is crazy. very googly. Well, it, it's just that we think yeah. this has better quality. It's not that we're punishing you. It's like, well, yeah. Then it's, it's a quality update, and you you're valuing some signal yeah. that that site has over me. It's 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 not a penalty, I guess, but it it certainly hurts. <laughs> this is this is me going back in my like history and, and just feeling like hurt. So just hear the phrase. It's 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 not you. It's me over yeah. and over and over <laughs> again. And then I never knew what that meant then either. Well, I know it's like Matt Cutts is and and our many of our older listeners will probably remember the. There is no sandbox. There may just be algorithmic functions that look and act like one. I'm like, well, then there's a sandbox. Like we didn't think there was actually a box of sand. We thought there was algorithmic functions that acted like a sandbox for newer sites. <laughs> like, anyway. Something to that effect. Okay. the The funny thing is, it's going to get even googlier in just a few minutes because um, our guest Cindy Crum um, finds herself. Um, you know, stuck in the middle of one of them of such semantic silliness as we speak. Um, but we can't speak about that yet because we have to take some uh, some messages here on Webcology. So on behalf of Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger, Digital News Media. You're listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio on the 15th of March, 2018. Beware the Ides of March edition. We're back with Cindy Crum after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. 
With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 2018 International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2018. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Your virtual webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. off now back to webcology only on webmasterradio.fm here are the hosts jim hedger and dave davies hey everyone welcome back to webcology here on webmasterradio.fm it's the 15th of march 2018 jim hedger from digital waste media dave davies from beanstalk internet marketing and we are joined by the one and only cindy crumb from mobile boxing Cindy is joining us from San Jose. She's uh, at uh, SMX West. Uh, Cindy, welcome back to Webcology. Well, thank you. Good okay, so I'm, I'm glad you're here, especially given all the uh, all the crazies that are happening around you today. I, I brought you, I introduced you. And I, I know you weren't listening live at the at the time, but I introduced you, um, noting the uh, semantic silliness that's happening on the web. Um, earlier today, and I, I, I got you on the line, got to ask about it. Um, okay. So, as I get it, there's one index to rule them all, and then the confusion caused by a bunch of different understandings and meanderings, uh, one index to bind them or something. How, how does that work? Well, so here's my understanding, um, <laughs> and this is fed by, fed by conversations with John Mueller on Twitter that are all public, or, you know, or were public at the time. Um, uh, so we were in one index and the new mobile first index uh, exists and they hope to move all of the content and sites over to the mobile first index one domain at a time so it's not page by page it's domain or site at a time Um, and you're either (laughs) Why are we giggling? I don't get it. Yeah, trying to, try yeah. to imagine the enormity of that. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. and uh, one domain at a time, and you're either in, and this one, now segment, that was John Mueller, and then according to Gary, one, uh, you're either in one or the other, and they expect it to take 
uh, to not be finalized for years, potentially. Uh, but, but a large portion of it will happen and be done soon. And or I think, and I said this in my session yesterday, I think we're already mobile-first indexing is pretty much done and live. And I have theories about what it all means when you're in the mobile-first index. I have many theories here. I could go on. Well, then Please do. do. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, the the timing of the launch, uh, and this was uh, very controversial on Twitter just last night or the night before it all blurs together. I don't know. Uh, the the timing of the launch of New Search Console and the timing of the elimination of the specific country CCTLDs, these things all happened right about the same time. I think when we got away from the country-specific CCTLDs, that was the real launch of the mobile-first index, where we really cut over. And I think that the mobile uh, new search console uh, has a lot of data, more historical data. And I think they had to have new search console running in parallel with old search console so that they could uh, show the data side by side to each other to know when they were looking good enough that they could transition people over and start showing them that, you know, mobile first index was looking good, looking like normal stuff was happening over there. Um, oh, because, okay, you know, if you're doing something new, you would want to run it in parallel for a while. Okay, but this is where this is where it gets really confusing. So, data in the new in new search console is drawn from the mobile first index. And plus, so data data in new search console, I think, is mobile. It's so mobile first is is but, all of the data. It's desktop plus mobile first. So mobile first is additive. It includes. Apps. It includes. Okay, so so everything. Actions. So Google's Google's index, as we know it, is Google's mobile first index. Is that is that what you're saying? Because no. Okay. No, I'm saying mobile first is additive. So as we know it, is desktop, and mobile first is desktop plus. Okay. See actions, it, 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 and so it wouldn't be confused. a huge change. It wouldn't be a huge change. To, there wouldn't the data wouldn't be all that different. There would be some differences, but actions and uh, instant apps and stuff like that. There isn't that much of those things yet. But think about like why do we need an indexing report? Why do we all of a sudden get an indexing report in New Search Console? Because we need it. Because indexing is harder now that we don't have URLs for everything. Okay, but again, here, if, if, if I can just get this one, one, one point in, here's where I think people are getting really confused. Okay. Um, data in new Search Console comes from the Mobile First Index, but not all sites are in the Mobile First Index. Most are. Okay. Like I said, How I think Mobile First Index is live. Most are. So most sites desktop or, or or mobile yeah, are in the mobile first index. Yeah, and John Mueller says this, whether you're a desktop site or a mobile oriented site, you're in the mobile first index because mobile first doesn't mean mobile only. And, and you're yes. misunderstanding mobile first. Mobile first doesn't mean mobile phone, it means like portable prioritized. Oh certainly, means, no, no, I get that. I, I totally get yeah. that. So uh, just for, for clarification, so what we're saying here, 
um, is that when we're talking about, just for, for, for our listeners and, and for clarification to make sure that I'm understanding you properly in, in what you're saying here, um, is what we have is an index, um, domain by domain, they are moving into this, like uh, domains in this index, domain by domain, are yeah. being moved to being judged by, uh, I'm simplifying, but being judged by their mobile version. Um, but there are still domains in there that haven't been transitioned over. So in that case, we have their desktop indexed. Um, is that yeah. Cliff Notes? Yeah, seven? but I think it's not very many. It's not very many that haven't been moved over. Right. Um, so now, now we're going to get into the into the really fun stuff for for me. And this is why I was like, okay, I, 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 we need to bring Cindy on because we were kind of touching on this on this last week. Um, so we're talking about indexing. And what we're talking about historically is is crawling, right? Like the the, the, the little bots go out and they they crawl stuff and, and great they they pull stuff back. Now you touched on on apps earlier. Um, I know I was I was fascinated when you were chatting about Firebase um, at MozCon. I can't remember whether it was last year or the year before, but anyway, that that's when everything really started to to fire for me. And I and then we were talking about portable here. We have indexing in Search Console. You've talked about scenarios where basically. Google doesn't need, and, and Firebase is an example, where Google doesn't need to index, or I guess it needs to index. It doesn't need to crawl because it just has the data in its index, right? We, we, we built it in Google's index, so it's, it's right there. Do you think the indexing in Search Console is going to have any ability to tell us when we've got, say, single-page apps or, or something like that to actually understand and, and help us understand how this data is going to be fed out in, in search results. Like, would it be able to take a, a, a an Angular site or even just an app? I, I shouldn't even go yes. site, but, but go app. And yes. actually judge, okay, piece by piece, this is where this will come out, even if it's all in one sort of file. I'm oversimplifying here. Yes. But to actually carry I, that forward? Yeah, so my, and this is all like my opinions. I should caution people that I just like sit and think a lot, and this is just what I think. Um, and I can kind of prove it out, but I kind of can't, and I could be wrong. Um, but what I think is that it's all going to be based on entity understanding, and when you're added to the mobile-first index, it means that Google thinks that it understands what entities, what kinds of entities you describe on your site or in your app or in your whatever, um, and it thinks it's like, okay, we, we got this, we've got you classified by the entities, or we understand the JSON-LD or the schema, we've got you categorized rather than crawled. We've got you categorized, think of it that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been explaining it, the reason the CCTLDs are a fundamental change is because um, the Google used to have different algorithms for all the different countries because they had different languages and, and slightly, you know, maybe even different content, but mostly different languages. And you needed a different algorithm for the different language. When you cram all that into one uh, algorithm, that's, that means that things are operating differently. Um, and, and that seems very fundamental. So... Well, let me ask you then about, I mean, maybe, maybe guide us through, because I, I touched on it, but you know this subject better, because as, as I hear, I, I've heard you just sit around and do a lot of thinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> At least on this topic. Um, yeah, yeah you've, you've touched on entities, which is, which is great, and I want to get to that maybe after the break, but what I, I'm really interested in, in sort of 
learning myself and informing, I've heard you speak a couple times on the subject, so also informing our, our listeners. Okay, we're talking about scenarios, or we've touched on scenarios where Google doesn't need a crawler anymore. Um, so maybe guide us through, what does the future of that look like? How do we get our content into that type of environment? Which ones exist now, but I think most importantly for our listeners, the future. What, what do you, yeah. you do a lot of thinking about it. I know we're, we're not going to hold you to this, but you've been right a lot on subjects like this. What, what, what's coming up in, in non-crawling indexing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to be clear, I do think Google will need its crawler for a little while longer and the, crawl, the crawling will still be important. It's just not going to be prioritized. What's going to be prioritized is stuff that doesn't need a crawl because it's faster and more efficient for Google to get. And that's anything that it can get through an API or a feed. So JSON-LD is an API. XML is a kind of API. Um, anything that it can just ingest by hosting the database and then it just already owns it so it doesn't have to crawl it. That includes AMP. Um, and that includes anything hosted in Firebase. That includes any PWA because it's crawling the API into the service worker, which is where you've very nicely and delicately like put all the best content that you would want it to be uh, to have available for offline use. That's what Google thinks that you've highlighted as the best and most important, and that's what you want to rank on as well, presumably in Google's eyes, right? So PWAs. Uh, are fantastically great because you've already segmented out the most important stuff in an API that they don't have to crawl through all your junk code to get to it. It's great. Um, instant apps. Our databases, this is what I'm calling it because I think this is how Google will describe it. They haven't done it yet, but I'm, I'm describing it this way to beat them to the punch. It's a database that instantly becomes an app because that sounds very Google-y. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it's like a database with an app shell, essentially. And if they have the database or if you've marked up the database with JSON-LD, awesome. Then you don't need an app or you don't need an app or a website. They'll just go get that database. Why bother? You know, then it's just one screen or a couple screens and a database. Why bother maintaining a website when you could just maintain a database? Seems like it makes life easier for everyone. You know, I think one of the reasons um, webmasters are having a hard time wrapping their brains, their brains around um, where mobile search is going is they have a hard time seeing the end result, what what search results might look like in the uh, a year's time, in two years' time. What do you think about Google the change of search? Is. And you'll know. Have well, you that's actually this? the reason I'm asking the question this way today, specifically yeah. today. Well, have you seen the time result? The, I did. The, yeah. Google wants um, to give you an answer, and if there's only one answer, that's what Google wants to give you. So if you ask Google what time it is, the web, you know, the SEO community freaked out last night because uh, Google stopped giving, like, multiple options for the answer of what time it is, and they just told you the correct answer. There's no drill down. Um, and so, for instance, we talked about this on stage yesterday. For years, people of SEOs have been blathering on about how content is king and how every dentist needs to have long, drawn-out blog posts about how to maintain good gum health. And the answer doesn't have to be long and drawn out. It's just floss, right? So if you ask Google how to have good gum health, the answer should just be floss. 
<laughs> and we don't need 100 million answers of really long, horrible blog posts. It could just be, when it could just be, go floss. Well, yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's really hard to get backlinks from GoFloss. Um, I know, but links <laughs> don't matter because URLs are optional in mobile Oh, device. indeed, indeed. Um, but, okay, so in some cases, uh, Google's going to be limiting uh, search results, um, especially in cases where the answer is completely obvious. It is um, 11.38 uh, p.m. Pacific, Pacific time. There's, uh, I'm sorry, 11.38 a.m. Pacific time. Um, there's only one answer to that if, if that question is asked right now. Um, but in some cases where the where there might be more than one answer, where there um, you know could be a number of local search results, what's that going to look like in, in in the coming future? So I think that's that's fascinating because that's going to change more and more. And I think I'm writing a talk that I'm going to give in Munich about this next week. But I think that's going to change more and more because Google's going to Google's figured out how to monetize it. Um, I think that you know, they, they, they're still a business. They have to make money. They're focusing, so entities can all be classified into at least one or more of the micro moments. I want to know, I want to go, I want to buy, I want to do. And micro moments are all monetizable in one way or another, I think, except for maybe some, well, like if I want to turn on the lights, maybe that's not monetizable. Maybe it is. I mean, you buy the light bulb, so, and Google gets a cut there, perhaps. I well, and, yeah, and then ask ask the uh, the home valet system that Nest is going to become how profitable that might or might not be. Yeah, yeah. So, but so I think that Google's gonna. So Google's got Google Express, which hasn't taken off yet, and I think that that's potentially by design, um, because right now the shipping uh, stuff isn't all sorted out, and so it's it's almost egregiously high shipping um, barriers. Uh, but it's local-oriented um, product search with uh, same-day or, or two-day shipping options. Um, and I think they're trying to go after Amazon here and beat Amazon okay. not based on the the shipping model, but based on a, a gig economy uh, quick local delivery model. Right? That's interesting, because that, that, that's, that's an area where, like, you know, Google's got all the resources in the world, Absolutely. and Amazon already still has that covered. Yeah, yeah, but they can beat Amazon just by leveraging Google Maps and the cloud because it they just put it in an, like the equivalent of an Uber driver's car and say here because a lot of people are ordering things on Amazon that exist a block away and it's horrible for the environment I think Google has a really great marketing angle here and say you're killing the environment by having Amazon ship you an enormous box full of packing material and bad carbon footprint you know from wherever from Omaha when mm -hmm. the paper towels that you just ordered exist in the grocery store down the street. Okay, we're you know what? Can, can we get you to stick around? Um, we have to take a break, but there's so much change coming up, and I just want to cover all of it. We'll only have to do to get back, so we really want to take a break right now. So, on behalf of Dave Davis, should be talking to Ned Marketing, it's Jim Edwin, Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm on the 15th of March, 2018. Back after these messages. <laughs> 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 
Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook market fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Oh, Archibello! Learn more at brainhealth.gov. All of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm programs on air and on demand 24-7. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Add some podcasts to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Online anytime. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Webcology here at WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 15th of March, 2018. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. I'm Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we're joined by Cindy Crum from uh, Mobile Moxie. We're talking about, uh, well, you know, we're actually we're talking about Google's role in uh, in, a, in a changing world. Um, and Cindy, you were talking about how Google is actually going after Amazon on um, you know, Amazon's core service of getting it to the people and getting it to them now. Um, we're in a new world. Google isn't as much a search engine as it is a fulfillment service. Well, I think that they might be trying to get into the fulfillment side of things just because I see that there's a, like, or they see that there's a huge problem to solve in terms of, um, or, or there's a deeper need for search, right? In terms of, um, oh, what do you call it? Like uh, finding products in stores. Like stores have really bad um, product tracking and management. They can usually only do it within 24 hours. And even though stores like DSW and Best Buy will tell you they know exactly what's in their store, they don't. And so you can order things to the store and then you show up to pick it up and they're like, oh, we didn't actually have it. Okay. And I think Google might have a big like play with sensors here. 
um, where they can scan things in, scan things, help stores by selling them, the, giving them the sensors for free. I don't know. This is this then, is maybe very conspiracy theory. This might be too far out for your listeners, but it's what I think is happening. Oh, no, our listeners are into all sorts of boring stuff. I mean, I know <laughs> you'll dig it, Jim, but everyone else, I don't know. Uh, you know, um, I'm not sure if I see Google actually going and, and gathering the data from uh, personal scanners. Heaven knows they get more than enough data on consumer on consumer habits from uh, from their search habits and, and what they're clicking in uh, on DoubleClick or uh, AdWords. But um, I but do see Google and markets. inventory oh, control. Yeah, I think what she's saying, Jim, is actually installing these sensors into warehouses, into yes. stores, well, yeah, understanding the product and connecting it with the person. But yep, why is yep. Google going to do that to like help CSV like do inventory control? Google's going to do that to get the skivvy on what CSV's customers are buying. To eliminate Amazon. Sorry, you know, yeah. I shouldn't jump in with exactly. the answer. <laughs> but, no, that's okay. exactly it. You're right, Dave. Um, provided Google can do the delivery, they'll give you the scanner. Is that what you mean? Um, provided, like, it, well, Google will help you do all the advertising and delivery, and you don't have to do anything. Google will help your business beginning yeah. to end and give you the sensor and the scanner. You're welcome. Okay, just, just so listeners know, this, this, this answer was prompted by my question. What's Google going to look like moving into a mobile future? Um, and then again, um, Google's need to develop new markets is obvious, especially as Amazon is, you know, rapidly being treated as a search device by, by its users. Think about the micro moment I want to buy. If I search my phone for I want to buy this pair of blah, blah, blah sandals in this size, right now the shopping result for that or the search result for that is really, really bad. Um, even in Google Shopping, it assumes that I want to ship it to myself. What if I want it now? Because I do. Mm -hmm. Or I want it today. So what's faster? Are you going downtown? Or are you ordering it online and having them bring it to you? Yeah, the millennials won't stand for that. They want it delivered to them. They don't want to leave the house. Okay. And it's not a matter of what's faster. It's simply a matter of this is more convenient. I got other stuff to do. I don't got time to go downtown. You bring it to me. Yeah. Remember, they're not even they're not even getting cars and driver's licenses. Teenagers, 16-year-olds, they're skipping the driver's license. They don't care. It's, it's not about freedom to have a driver's license. It's about freedom to have the world revolve around you. Okay. Um... <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, that's we're going through such uh, social change so rapidly. Um, I mean, we're talking like four or five years between like social epochs. I got the feeling that we're building a world that's going to be obsolete five five or six years from now. Maybe. Awesome. I, am I don't know. On that. I don't know. Uh, well, I want to hear. I want to hear Dave's thoughts on the the sensors and the search for like on demand product discovery with immediate potential for delivery. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get into one of my favorite subjects now because you talked about entities earlier. So okay, I'm going to touch on that here um, in in my answer. And if you look at what was it? Uh, sorry, I'm just going to pull up the date here. 
Um, what was it? February 21st. Oh, hey, it was my birthday. Um, the day after my birthday. Dave, you're born after <laughs> the day after me. <laughs> um, the, the Google Pay app rolled out, um, you know, which was, was, was a replacement for, oh, what, what did they call it anyway? It's just, it's just uh, Google right? Wallet. Wallet. Yeah, Google Wallet. There we go. And Android um, Pay. But but you you look at uh, exactly and, and you look at this and go okay now this is going to be a play into the payment side of things so that they can gather that commercial understanding uh, I 100% agree with what Cindy's saying in, in connecting you know, getting those sensors and I was with the with the Google Pay the first thing I thought of is yeah they can undercut everybody on payment processing and, and transaction fees if they can get merchants to accept this because they don't actually need to make money. All they yep. need to do is get this into their hands and give them saturation. the device. And I saw it's about saturation, not making money. Exactly, because there are their monies on marketing, and, and it's funny because you'd mentioned that about just giving these sensors away, and I I thought that as soon as the pay came out, I'm like, yeah, you just facilitate everything for free because that's not where your money is. Your money's in the advertising. If they can understand what's in the warehouse, they can understand and control who the 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 buyer is, and especially if they can actually start to influence their method of payment. And yeah. they actually, you know, and they they put these sensors in my house, or at worst, I have my phone. Yeah, it no, like it. I, I wouldn't have to be going to Amazon right now, but I do because I'm going to order my Amazon Prime to get some hair product because I need some new hair product. This is right, even I'm doing though that it exists the at the store down the street. And the problem that a lot of the online retailers now have to compete with Amazon is they don't have the warehouses that Amazon has. The problem that online retailers now have is offline storage. Well, indeed, and I've got, you know, I'll order it off Amazon because I want bulk, but you're right, yeah. the product I get is, it's fairly expensive. Most people wouldn't buy it in bulk, I do, right. uh, because I know I'm going to go through it, so they can't store it, but I need it, so I'll go offline, but you're right, if Google could control that, well, if Google, Google could predict for the merchant the storage, that I'm going to do that. And Google Sorry? can leverage the storage in the stores where it's already on the shelves. Yeah. It can leverage yeah. existing storage. Uh, Shoppers Drug Mart just down the road from you, Dave, is already paying Google's storage fee in, yeah. in the rent they're paying on the space they're leasing. Well, and, and part of it that I think, I mean, we're going you know a few years down the, the road here, it, it, in my view, is yeah. if Google can now predict that Dave's about to need some, some of this specific hair product, they can just make sure that that store has it. I think that's the really interesting thing about the, the sensors yeah. and understanding my behavior is now you can actually predict... Yep. what that merchant is going to need because you know that I'm near that merchant. I drive by them every day. And sure, you just fire up a thing going, this merchant has that hair stuff. You haven't ordered it in eight months. You usually order it in eight and a you half. So yeah. you want it. Well, and also with big data, I'm pretty sure I said this on your your show a couple of years ago. With big data, they can use other things that they know influence shopping behavior. Like I guess there was in one of the books about big data that I read, there's something that says that when there's a hurricane, the the number of uh, people who buy strawberry pop tarts like rockets up. So like they could use they could use weather patterns to be like we need to stock up on strawberry pop tarts. <laughs> There's going to be a rush on strawberry pop tarts. So stuff like that. They could they could better manage the shelf space and the the whole supply chain uh, with the sensors, and then find a lot more efficiency via you know Google. Google, and that's what Google will sell to the businesses. <laughs> it's funny. I can't help but think as soon as you mention that 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 
uh, you know, uh, hurricanes and strawberry pop tarts, the old debate we used to all have on plus ones and Google rankings and stuff and the correlation, right? It's like, you can't go hurricanes or pop tart sales cause hurricanes, right? But you could with Google plus ones. And, and so <laughs> I, I couldn't help but think of that, that example, poor Cyrus, we've mentioned him a couple of times and that was his article that I ended up throwing him onto the bus on that one. And he's a smart guy, but, um, Anyway, um, I, I know we're we're sort of probably going to be going to be running out of time. So you got to let us know because because you're at a conference. What is going on? What are the big stories? And and preferably not the ones that you're in the middle of because I'm I'm yeah. of course tying back to earlier in, in this segment. What are the big stories? What's what's going on there that uh, maybe our listeners should know about? Yeah, um, lots of discussion about voice search, um, even. You know, even absent my talk, lots of discussion about voice search and entities. Um, lots of, in my in my perspective, uh, misunderstanding about what mobile first indexing is, and or lots of trepidation about um, what 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 does the switch to mobile first indexing mean? Do our links still mean anything? Do we still need to be doing link? building, all that, uh, the switch to prioritizing uh, mobile page speed, all of the concerns related to that, crawling for mobile to understand, you know, in a big uh, crawl, how do we assess the whole site's uh, mobile page speed and what the mobile crawler is going to see. Lots of, lots of fear, really. <laughs> fear, <laughs> uncertainty, and doubt. Um, do they have... Uh, a quick answer. Do they really have anything to fear? Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, if they were, let's say if we had a clock company or a time change company or something, and or something that was ad supported, and they lost all the web results related to time yesterday, yeah. Yep. Gone. Okay. On that, I'm afraid we have to sort of leave it hanging, so to speak. Um, be afraid. Be very afraid. But, but that's what you have SEOs for. We're here to help. <laughs> okay, Cindy Crumb from Mobile Moxie. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Friends, you've been listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 15th of March, 2015. On behalf of Dave Davies, your Beatsock Internet Mark, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. Stick around the network after the news. We've got more great content coming up. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.